if you could instantly master one instrument and you'd be like world-class at it, like snap your fingers and you're the best. Now what we're, we're talking. Now we're talking. What instrument would it be? See, I know you already play a few, but this is a different thing. This is like compared to what you know now, it'd be like nothing. Like you're going to be world-class. Yeah. I, I can give you my answer, but you, you can go first if you like. I want to say guitar, but for versatility reasons, piano. Bingo. That's it. That's it. I mean, like, look, guitar is sick, but at the end of the day, the piano, that's where it's at. You can do more stuff with it. Who doesn't fantasize about being like Billy Joel or any, you know, like those type of guys. Don't hate on Billy. Don't, 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 don't. Do not hate on the piano, man. If you said goodbye to me tonight, Okay. But still bit music left too Cause I've got soul I don't need blackface today All I need to do is steal some songs Piano what? Man is still rock and roll to me Uptown Girl, Moving Trash. On, My Trash. Life, Trash. The Longest Trash. Time, Vienna, Trash. We Didn't Start the Trash. Fire, Big Trash. Shot, She's Trash. Always a Woman, You May Be Right, Mid. New York State of Mind, Not Bussin' River of Dreams in Trash. the middle of the I could walk in it. Billy Joel Bruh. is amazing. No, amazing. He's the shit. Hannah and I were going to go watch him. You're that right guy that COVID. would ask a genie for like one million dollars or something like that. <laughs> and he's then like, like he's smirk. like, really? Like, okay, two million. <laughs> Billy Joel? No. Yeah, he's Fuck the shit. Billy Joel. Billy Joel sucks. You suck. Now Elton John. Okay, Elton John's the shit too. Yes. We'll talk. We'll yeah. talk. It's like, oh, but Elton John doesn't write his songs. Yeah, but his songs are good. So, eh. yeah, Elton John's a stud. I can't believe that you feel that way about Billy Joel. Like that, it you, that hurts. You can't that that should not hurt. No, nah, Billy is, Joel. Billy Joel's a hit maker. He's mid. He owns Madison Square Garden. Great. <laughs> the mecca of basketball in 1971. Cool. The mecca of music. Right here and right meow. Mm-hmm. Like okay, the fifteenth biggest city in the world. I gotta put my like foot down. The, the center of the universe. The real folk dudes podcast is a pro Billy Joel podcast. So I need you to fall in line here. I I, I don't know what to tell you. Give me some, you give me a better piano. You say Stevie Wonder, okay? Yeah, Stevie Wonder's awesome too. You say Ray Charles, okay? Sure, yeah. You know. You say and then Billy Joel, but piano is the play. You can just do so much with it. And honestly, I feel like when you sit down and you're you're rocking out the piano, like a guitar is cool. But when you sit down at the piano, like the ladies notice, or the dudes, whichever you prefer, or both, whichever you prefer. Now, see, I don't know if you want to talk about looks. I think guitar looks cooler to shred on than no, than shred. no, no. Yeah. I mean, it looks cooler in certain settings. I mean, like you're not going to play a piano at the beach, but w- when that piano is sitting there and everyone's looking at each other like, "That's too fucking hard." Who can do that? And you're like, <clears throat> and you stand over it and you crack your knuckles. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I always like the really cool, like colorful piano that uh, Paul McCartney would play on. Like it, it was like I don't even know what. I mean, it was just colorful as shit. Also, you're just, you're just staying mid, aren't you? You're just only <laughs> talking about mid artists. Uh, Paul that, mid mid art <laughs> mid McCartney. 
that really cool episode. Well, I say cool. The wild ass episode of Atlanta where dude goes and gets the, that that the ad, cool the piano. thing goes in his ass. Yeah, yeah. And then it explodes. Yeah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I saw that. I'm curious though, because obviously piano and guitar in some order are one and two. What would be number number two after either one of those? That's where I think it gets really interesting. Because like drums for, are fun, but me, I don't think I don't think drums are like a showstopper. Like it's see, not drums are functional though, because if you can play sure. drums, you in theory don't need friends. <laughs> Like if I could play drums, I, I would drums not. Are the most fun to play because you yeah. can like feel it, you know. Um, on, my honest number three is violin. I don't know anything about violin. You know anything about the fiddle? See, the thing with violin is it's like the along with piano, it's all it's very close to. Or piano has like it's like the best way to get like song melodies down with the note changes. Violin, it's like very much like the human voice, and it sounds horrible if you're not good at it. But when you are good at it, oh my god. Mandolin would be up there too, but if I could shred on guitar, I could I could figure out a mandolin. Oh yeah, I love the story. Tadro, of the devil Tadro, went down to Georgia. Tadro would want the banjo. Oh yeah, well it's part of his culture. He's a coal roller. Mm-hmm. The story of Devil Went Down to Georgia is like low key the most rock and roll shit ever. Like a guy, it's like Faust like, squares up to the devil is like, I could play yeah. this instrument better than you, and the devil not only loses. Like there was he the devil was the judge and even still is like yeah you crushed okay you win here's a golden fucking banjo that's a cool story it true like story a, that's a true story true story it's like Goodwill Hunting true story mm-hmm. yeah he was just like a janitor but he was the smart he was smarter than everyone at Harvard and yeah it's kind of the same thing yeah I done told you once you son of a bitch I'm the best there's ever been <laughs> love it. I love the bleep. I love the beeps. Some stations would have the beeps, which is which just like made it hit harder because it comes yeah. at the end. Of, it comes at the end of the song, so it's not it like does. it's like it doesn't ruin anything. It's just like boop. Yeah, like our beeps scaring the shit out of people on this podcast. Yeah, because the volume is a lot different. It but is. Well, no. I'm gonna go in on GarageBand and record our own sounds and make mm-hmm. transitions that way. So it'll be okay. like Jeff sucks or Jeff can suck then, one. I dig it. I think most of the times that I had heard that song on the radio, he would all it would always say, I told you once you son of a gun. So when yeah. I finally heard it, I told you once you son of a bitch, it hit that much harder because I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like pretty Ricky. I always thought it was grind with me. He wanted them to grind on him. Really? Completely just that's, flipped my whole understanding. That's upside that's down. foul. That's foul. Yeah. I thought this was about equality. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Fire on the mountain, come boy, come. Devil's in the house, sucking big old dog. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Real Folk Dudes podcast. I'm your water breathing companion, Jazzy Jeff. And alongside me, on the other side of the laptop, and on the other side of the country, the muscle mouse, West Coast Walker. What's up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Big flash. At Real Folk Dudes on Twitter, Real Folk Dudes Facebook group. Be sure to follow us on our social media. Be up to date on all things Real Folk Dudes and join our community. 
We are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Episode six, Layered Memories. I'm with you. These two episodes, they hit a lot harder than the previous two. The other two were fine, but they felt a little more pedestrian compared to this that really felt like we were building to a crescendo. Right. Starting kind of in when everything sets up at the end of episode four, which wasn't our favorite episode. And then five was pretty good. And then now it's it's really going to be a lot of payoff here. Yeah. So we pick up with Tondro and Docky facing off. Tondro is overwhelmed and struggling to catch his breath. Docky decides to sucker belt in, reminded me of a measuring tape, like we would play with it as a kid. You'd like let it go all the way out and then have it suck back in. Mm-hmm. When the belt returns to her, she gets a little boost of power. I guess that would make sense. She had her energy and attention divided out, and now it was all back centrally located again. The a man comes out when he hears the commotion and starts scolding Tanjiro. And Tanjiro's like, dude, like you need to like check yourself quick. Yeah, he was, he, he didn't know the moment. He just had some old man blind rage. Right place, wrong stuff. time. In the blink of an eye, his whole life changed. Um, yeah, you see Tondro, he's, he's getting an opening thread on Daki, and it, it closes really quickly. I guess symbolic of, I wrote how quickly she seems to move on from people. You can just kind of quickly get an opening thread, and then it, it's gone. But it, it felt like she was somewhat impressed by Tanjiro. Yeah. Um, it, it, it felt like when... Particularly George, when he was doing the Hinakami Kagura. It reminds me of when George St. Pierre said to Matt Hughes, uh, congratulations, but I am not impressed by your performance. I was a, a kind of a GSP hater back in the day, but I do dig him, especially when he's beating up on Matt Hughes now. I also love that Docky called Tondro an ugly piece of trash, which I read in a stone cold voice. As you said it, I, I stone cold. You ain't nothing but ugly piece of trash. <laughs> you're hella mad and you're not pussing. Oh, hell. So Docky flings her belt and uh, legit slices that guy's hand off. And I mean, it's real gooshy. The force of this thing is so like powerful that it literally like the momentum of it continues and like, fucking causes just chaos like tears through buildings behind him and uh tondro now gets big mad and i got vibes of like frieza killing krillin and goku turning super saiyan like i think this is where his eyes go red like totally bloodshot he mainlines god he mainlines god and uh what's funny about this he's mainlining god coincidentally while he's doing that rengoku's dad's writing a letter about how tondro basically saved him so I think it's funny that he's yeah. like going into like he really is going into like a full partly by coincidence and plot. But it's it's like he's in God mode this episode or something. I wish this this came out like in 2004, back when they were putting like rock and roll music to it. And then you have Chevelle playing the red in the background as yeah. he sees red. Definitely, definitely. We're going to have to make our own little AMVs and make put some Chevelle on uh, some Demon Slayer. So lay down the the thread. The thread is real. I mean, it's right there. I mean, come on. How, how are you not? All right. So we see Papa Rengoku writing the apology letter, as you alluded to. Uh, basically confesses that when his wife had passed, that it had pushed him over the edge, that his drinking had gotten out of control, that he was just filled with 
pity and sorrow when he was just being a shitty person. He said he and, felt uh, mid, I think. Yeah, dead ass. And we learned that Tanjiro has been exchanging letters with Sinjiro now for months. And he tells Tanjiro that he's proud of his sons who turned out great despite his abandonment and neglect as a father. And then he proceeds to explain that Tanjiro is, an, is exceptional because he is a sun breather and that mark on his forehead is proof that he is indeed going to be a great sun breather. Tanjiro is thinking on that and he's like, well, that's not true. I, 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 it's not actually a birthmark. I got this. Uh, when I saved my brother from a falling brazier and later I got it injured in final selection and that made it worse. Like I, from this good deed that I did. Just take the damn compliment, Tanjiro. Right. Well, and there's still like the thought that possibly he could have a mark that would be developing and he'd have no idea because he's had a burn over it his whole life. Yeah. We do see like in like a little flashback thing, what we would assume is Tanjiro's dad and he was born with the, with the birthmark. Um, I think Tanjiro even says that his dad was born with a slight mark, but he doesn't believe that he has one. Uh, Tanjiro now like focuses attention um, to like the devastation that was caused. And he is now has a hyper focus and intensity and he goes after Daki on the rooftop. And uh, Doki listens to Tanjiro as he's speaking to her, uh, and she gets this weird, like, deja vu moment. And I thought this was actually a really cool thing. Uh, I think she actually even says that, like, it must be the blood cells of Lord Muzan that are making me feel this way because I don't have any recollection of this personally. And I'm assuming, and I feel like the viewer is supposed to assume, that Muzan has had some interaction where Tondro's dad fucked him up. Is that how you took it? I, you've read the manga, so you got to be careful what you say. But I didn't realize that this character shows up this episode, so I marked out a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say too much, but if you if it's better not to say anything, we'll carry on. But if you can be tactful in the way you go about this they are strong <laughs> hashtag analysis so we cut back to I mean, Tangan that's, and that's uh, about the best i can give you i can no, roll you're good you're good hold on no 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 hold on oh i'll roll let's see 14 <clears throat> jeffrey i approve this message we cut to Tengen and the gang who are starting to pursue Daki themselves. Uh, Inosuke and Zenitsu are falling behind because they cannot keep up. I did love that as they're running, Zenitsu is still asleep. Yeah. Our boy, like, first of all, like, it's an interesting thing with this character. But I also think it goes to show, like, he has been trained so hardcore. Like, his training has been so refined that being a good demon slayer is something he can do in his sleep. Not only that he can do, but he's less inhibited by his own fears and he's better at it in his sleep. Yeah. He's like full. Uh, I don't know. It's like his, it's really his, uh, Stefan or full, like yeah. youngie and like shadow just in, yeah. inside of him just comes out. Well, it's like the, the drunken master, but instead of being drunk, you're, asleep you know but yeah. it's i think it's a really cool interesting thing that they're doing with him yeah and it's cool i loved when like 
in those cases, basically like following him around. And then as soon as he like sees what Zenitz is doing, he like jumps in the front again and he's like, I've got it. <laughs> Fucking idiot. So Doki does her blood demon art, eight layered Obi slash and uh, creates a, like a crossing pattern that looks impossible for Tanjiro to escape unscathed. Yeah. She thinks it's checkmate. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I thought it was checkmate. And I said, how the hell is he going to get out of this? So Tanjiro's blade is now consumed in flames, and he does Hinokami Kagura, Burning Bones, Summer Sun, and uh, the belt is just disintegrated by flames. And Tanjiro actually uh, closes in to cut her head off, and the belt actually appears to uh, blunt the slash as he gets through, but he can't quite get it because it just it gives a little. Yeah, no, that was great visuals in that scene. He... Um... He was able to, like, he, he, def it, I mean, he got to a point where he was just seeing it so fast. It was like looking slow to him. He didn't realize what was going on, you know. And then he's able to, like, he was able to, like, pin, like, deflect, deflect her belts and then pin them in one spot, which was really cool. And then, yeah, get, try to get close, like, slingshot forward. And yeah, he noticed that her, her uh, belts were soft and would bend with him and then he that he couldn't cut yeah so he so he's at this point he's he's balling out and uh he, he he closes in and he's about to go for the kill here and we hear a familiar voice say brother you have to breathe and tanjiro falls to his knees coughing i was definitely under the impression that if that if he didn't stop and breathe right there he was going to die yeah so Doki plans to take advantage of this opportunity, and she is distracted by sweet, lovable Nezuko, who has uh, also managed to level up, apparently. So Doki remembers now that Muzan had told her about Nezuko, and she's very excited to please her master. Like, oh, sweet. You know, I get the Hanafuda earrings kid, and I get this demon girl. Like, I'm going to be moving up. Upper six, I'm going to be upper two. There's a big subburst dub difference here because in that little moment, he's like rubbing her head and holding her and he tells him in the sub, he says to find the girl in the kimono with like the, the hemp threads. But in the dub, it says find the girl in the blaze at 420 jacket. Dead ass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did see that. I saw one that was like, look for the girl with the broken smile. Ask her if she's going to stay for a while. And she is Nezuko. So at first, Nezuko looks outclassed, like she, this. She's no match for an upper six demon, and uh, she ends up getting cut to pieces. And she actually says, "It's just a flesh wound." And uh, Nezuko is able to regenerate super quickly now, which is not something she's done to this point in the series. Uh, she has to slowly regenerate through hours and hours of sleep, and uh, she's pissed off. And she bites through that bamboo that's been covering her mouth, and we see her big fangs. And something else gets bigger on her. Vines. They start growing. The out vines start growing. So all of a sudden, this girl turns into like a seven-foot gargantuan Amazonian woman. And she's got like vine tattoos on her. Um, it was sort of like Doki's flowers. In some ways, I felt that in some ways, Doki was sort of a the negative of a Nesco. Uh, there were just some like similarities of how like she still exhibit like for her own like vanity and trophies, but there's still like some sense of like softness and kindness there. 
which I think they were trying to show sort of with like her belts that made it hard to cut and like knowing that there's like um, and obviously like personal relationships that we'll learn about um, like the way her hair tips like it was like green instead of red I don't know there were just there were just certain things that it felt like like where you just see some villains it's just like our suited matches like Nezco and Docky seemed like suited matches yeah I could see that she also grows a horn and when the horn comes out you know I think she is leveling up right now and this isn't her final transformation. I think she can be like Frieza and have like six transformations before it's all said and done. But I think she'll have another horn, at least one more horn. And I think the ones already sticking out will get bigger. Probably just for general symmetry. Yeah. So Nezuko now appears not only to be formidable, like she's probably stronger than Doki from what we're seeing. And the episode ends with Nezuko doing stomping a mud hole in Doki, basically. She's fighting fire with fire. You see like a man. You see like a she's smile fighting on her fire face. with hot liquid magma. Yeah. Well, she's kind of she's giving in. She's just letting she's letting the demon part of her take control and see and mm. really just show the power. Sort of kind of what Tanjiro was doing by like putting everything into his attacks to yeah. the point that he's into like this. Delirious. His body be damned. Yeah. It, but it is it's like a delirious godlike metaphysical. Um I I have it, I have something written. Let's see. This was answer 10 from last. I didn't roll a 10, but it says, We will not bow to the Mosan order. We do not break. We will not bend to the Mosan order. If we have to transcend into our full metaphysical state, god damn it. All right. I, I dig it. Okay, there. I'm going to assume your MVP is probably the same as mine this time, but who's your MVP for this episode? For this one, I'm going to say Tanjiro, because Tanjiro oh, just... well, we're not the same then. Who do you have? I have Nezuko. How could you not? I mean, she's balling out right now. Next, I have her. She's my MVP for the next episode. Well, I'm sorry. So, All right, so, so you're going to hold it against her that she got it the next episode. You're kind of doing what a lot of what you've hated on NBA writers for being like well we don't want to give it to lebron every year so we'll give it to somebody else if she's the best she's the best see i, I just think i don't know tondro just stood out more to me because i mean that's the that is the strongest tondro's ever looked yeah and it still wasn't as strong as nezuko yeah i just the 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 attacks and the visuals of and tondro like cutting through the belts and pinning everything. The eyes and going red was sick to me. I really liked that because it's just a side of Tondro we've not seen. No, I got to – I'm go. i going with Tondro for this one. Um, Nesco, Nesco – I think Nesco just stood out more to me in the next one than in this one. What if your boy saw – Zenitsu saw Nezuko as she is right now? Man. Yeah. He'd be bussing. Yeah, he could be one of her three, three husbands that she has. <laughs> big flashy so we get a post-credit scene with the boys running to catch up with Tanjiro and Tangan's like we're out of time so there's no Taishou era secret today and that's it I guess they're just like you know what I just don't feel like doing it today so just let's just say there's nothing it's fine it doesn't bother me I'm gonna go blow my nose real quick Yeah, we both got punked, Frank. We both got punked. These kids these days, I'll tell you what, they're nothing like we used to be back when we were in fraternities. They have no respect for anybody, okay? 
They're like, they're little stupid, goddamn little savages. I mean, I came in there, right? And I was polite. I was nice to them. I was cordial. And they completely goddamn disrespect me, little ants, ants. I was completely respectful. They're supposed to be my brothers, right? They're my brothers. No, no, that's not fun. What they were doing wasn't fun. They kept zapping us and zapping us. Ants, savages, ants, ants. What's up? I was just monologuing. Good. I can't wait to hear that on the post-production podcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun for me because I forget about what we say five minutes after we say it. So the morning that you dropped the podcast, it's like, I'm, I'm hearing all these ideas for the first time. So I'm like the real folk dude's number one fan. Like I listen to the podcast, like it's like, I wasn't a part of it. You're on the other side of it. You're actually like having to filter through all the bullshit to try to find something that's entertaining. Yeah. I listened to it like five times and then I never want to hear it again. <laughs> right, 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 right. But for me, like, you know, I'm in the, the, like the actual recording side of it. And then I hear like the polished side of it, like, man, we killed it. Like, meanwhile, Walker's like spending hours trying to make it halfway, like entertaining. I enjoy the editing, man. Well, like you mentioned. Because I feel that feels like a skill. Like, I mean, talking is a skill, but like editing is just like such a specific skill that you need a context. You can talk about anything, but to edit something, you have to have recorded something. So you have to have done something, you know. Yeah. Well, and like, just like the mechanics of it, that you have the the history of doing it with music. So I think it's probably easier, like you said, with conversations because it's only two the timing isn't as precise as music. It's just me, you and Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. Me and Mitch, you know, that country song. Mm-hmm. Mainline and God. <laughs> so that series wasn't great, but I do love that line. Uh, I'm glad that that we get that we have that as part of our vernacular from now on you've never known true vengeance till you've tasted your enemy's testicles i don't what's funny is like that show could be like a cult classic someday but not i could see i could see not for good reasons yeah it actually didn't get memed memed like the death like i thought it might well and it almost would have been better off getting memed to death because it would mean people actually tried to watch it. But it was like people yeah. memed like episode one and they're like, uh, they're like, all right, I'm out. It's like, guys, we need to move on from these memes. What's what's crazy, though, is that the people that, you know, you hate on episode one, like in hindsight, episode one was one of the better episodes. So it's like, ooh, yeah. And I didn't like it. Yeah, so. it was OK. You said remember when you said that it could be the sickest thing ever? It could have. It had, look, the things that I was worried could about, it? I think it could have. All right. I was they, right. It wasn't going to be good, and it wasn't. I was right. No, I mean, I, correct. But the things that I was worried that they wouldn't do well, I think they did well. So that's what's frustrating is it's like the the action sequences and getting the choreography and making things look good, for the most part, pretty positive. The there, things that good writing could have done – they didn't do that. So it's like, you know, I don't know why you chose not to have good writers. I don't know why you chose to have shitty dialogue. Sometimes they just would, and some characters, they like, like Anna, they just lucked into a good actor. I think that's part of it. Yeah. And, or, and vicious. It was like, he good actor. And he was like, willing to take some chance. He was he willing to take some it. chances. Yeah. Yeah. He probably like, that feels like someone that read the script and was like, 
mm-hmm. I need to I need to do something. That's the impression I got. Yeah. It's tough. I go back and forth on it because you got to think he was doing like Shakespeare at the same time. Yeah. So he's like, it's like, you know, I, I don't know, like what's reading like Faye Valentine's. Like dialogue. it's like eating Roots Chris while also eating McDonald's at the same time, like yeah. um, doing a Pepsi challenge. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Like. I think that the show is better, like in theory if you use vicious and you slow play him and you don't show him a lot and you let him be, have this air of mystery and like, he's more, he's scarier that way. But in the same breath, the show sucked when he wasn't on the screen. So what do you do? Well, and where's the Raven? The Raven would have been sick. That's why. What if you got staying to play vicious? That would have been my first choice. The first call, Sting, to play Vicious. And then in season two, Ed would be like, it's Sting? <laughs> Spike Smeagol? Man, I wish I hadn't seen that that poor actor talking about how excited they were to play the part. Like, oh, I'm such a big fan of the show. I, I, I'm so excited to be a part of this. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan and I love to work and I'm just so excited to be a part of this. I, I wish it, I had never seen that because I just no. want to just rip that performance. No, I had to like cleanse my palate. And the, the way for me to do that is you go watch like late show clips where they show someone's movie clip and it's not good, mm-hmm. but everyone claps. Mm-hmm. And then, and the actor's like, yep, yep. Really excited. I'm really excited about this coming out, you know? And they just show the clip and he's just like, you know, I'll have a double cheeseburger. We don't have that there. Applause. <laughs> I have I have two theories about the way they did Ed. Because they're not that stupid. I don't believe it. I don't believe anybody on set was that stupid. They saw that and they said, yep, that's good. They nailed it. I think they thought, one, nobody's watching this show. It doesn't matter. Fuck it. Or they thought, well, it's just season one. Like, we'll figure it out by season two, so don't worry about it. They should have had Joss do it because then we could get a good cleavage shot of Ed when she's exactly. saying get a nice Spike little upskirt. Get a little... <laughs> and, get a, and get a season two. You're yeah. welcome. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon knows what the people want. Netflix is a joke. I just don't believe that HBO can do a Watchmen series that works, but that a Netflix series of Cowboy Bebop is just impossible. I just don't believe that. Well, they hid Manhattan for most of the episodes, which was smart. Yeah, for Um, budget purposes, yeah. Really? Was that a budget thing? I would imagine. I don't know. I thought it was like a twist. Maybe. Spoiler. (laughs) This this new season of The Boys is like top-tier of really? the boys it's i think season three and it's definitely better than season two and it might be better than season one like it's really good um i like the i like carl urban i like that actor which which one is that do you i think he's the guy that says cunt all the time oh yeah with the with the beard the dark hair mm-hmm. yeah he, i think he's i think most people would consider him the main character of the show top one two three but yeah he's awesome if it isn't the invisible cunt <laughs> To me, Homelander is the star because I don't even watch and I know who Homelander is. Yeah, well, he's the star in that he's like... The... I've read it. I've read ahead. I've read, so like I, I kind of have an idea, but 
but yeah, he's the main villain, I guess you would say. Which I love that premise that like the front and center, you know, the good looking hero is actually the villain. That's a creative take on things. And also love that like they are like, you know, if superheroes really did exist, it would be a huge business and it would get gross. And that's exactly the way they're showing it. Yeah. Because if super if Superman existed, you'd also have to hope that not only does he have all those superpowers that he's also as awesome and incorruptible as Clark Kent is? And what are the odds of that? Like the incorruptible human that Clark Kent is, is almost as unbelievable as the superpower. Well, yeah. I mean, Clark Kent wouldn't be a Jayhawks fan. I'll tell you that. No, 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 no. I could picture him being like, dad, as soon as I'm old enough, I'm going to flap in the air and laser beam eye this entire state out of existence. That'd be the first thing he does as a hero. Real folk dudes, really poor numbers in Kansas. I don't know why. They just don't like us. Yeah, and you think because we're talking about, like, uh, teenage girls that they'd be all about it. I just, I think we're just a little too highbrow for them. You know, in a lot of, like, the comics and stuff like that, they do a really good job of showing that Lex Luthor is actually, like, a specimen. Like, he is a good-looking bald guy. Like, he's jacked. He's smart. He's charming. Um, they yeah, he's really like, not Bezos. Uh, no, no, he's that's not who we got. That's yeah. who we got. <laughs> yeah, but that's not that's not who that's not in the ideal. Yeah, the Zack Snyder didn't really showcase that. Like, he would almost be like he just uh, did. Zuck- Eisenberg just did Zuckerberg again. Yeah, yeah, and that's not. Uh, it, he's more like a like a prime Bruce Willis would be like a, a version of, of of what Lex Luthor would actually be like, like a super smart jacked tan version spacey was an okay luther i mean he got the sinister part down yeah Um, yeah i'd agree with that but i mean you they can't you can't touch hackman no gene hackman was next level and like i don't i mean like i don't think he's ugly i don't find him particularly handsome but he just killed it you know like he just he he owned the role yeah so many winners in that movie but it's the best superman we've ever gotten the best lex luthor we've ever gotten and the best Lois Lane we've ever gotten. I mean, it, it's a tough role to cast. It's almost a role that you do. You almost need a newcomer because mm-hmm. then people can like kind of superimpose anything they want on that. Yeah, on that person. Whereas like you couldn't you couldn't get like James Franco to be super. <laughs> no, I do love the screenshots that you can find that Nicolas Cage was almost Superman in a Tim Burton movie. That, w- that would I have mean, been that- awesome in its own way. Now would it have been a good movie? Might have been better yes, than Mars. Amazing. <laughs> might have been better than Mars Attacks. Yeah. Um, man, I really wish that movie existed. He has like a giant flowing mullet, big fake muscles. Would have been amazing. I mean, look, Tim Burton. Okay, like yeah, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be weird, but it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good movie. I mean, they they could have just had Brando, and then you'd have you could have. You have Brando again. You have Nick Cage as Superman, and then you have who are you thinking of? It's completely escaping me. I a would character or an actor? Oh, Sly Stallone as Zod. Just have a yeah, full all 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 Italian Krypton. That'd be sick. It's like there's an asteroid. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Did you know that Nick Cage got paid for that movie that never got made? 
He signed a contract. It never happened, but he still got paid because he signed a contract. How very 1990s. It's awesome. You made millions of dollars for a movie you never made. Yeah. And then blew it all like that week. Well, his accountant blew it all. His, it's his accountant's fault. He misled him. You made me buy that tiger. Yeah. I could do. I you could said talk. do it. Welcome back. Episode seven, Transformation. We last left off with Nezuko stomping down on Daki saying, this isn't even my final form yet. And the Piccolo showed up. He had just fused with Nail. So yeah, Nezuko is bearing down, stomping the shit out of Daki. And uh, she's almost unrecognizable at this point as a demon. Uh, she is like super demon-y. The most demon-y we've seen her since episode one. And we see Tanjiro's brother pleading with him to help his sister with the implication that if he doesn't help her now, then she will be a demon forever. Like you have to get through to her. So Daki slices Nezuko into pieces with her belt and Nezuko manages to hold herself together with her own blood, which I thought was a really cool visual. Yep. And then is going to use that to their advantage. Yeah, she's killer with this. Her blood demon art is so cool. So she uses her blood demon art and sets Daki on fire. And Nezuko, she's on another level at this point, and and I'm here for it. She kicks Daki through multiple buildings and then proceeds to move forward to try to finish her. And uh, as she does, she sees a woman in a nearby building, like, bleeding out. And her demon instincts kind of kick in here, and she's like, starts running towards the woman to feast on her. Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is partly why, I mean, in some ways, I guess she could share it with the flashy one, but um, big reason that this is such a big Nesco episode for me, because at the end of the episode, you see a glimpse of her power, but then here you're going to see her, you're, you're going to see her at her highest and at her lowest. Yeah. Because I mean, right now things are like the, uh, the, uh, the action is like bleeding out into the civilian world. Like yeah. she just, she just snapped and it's collateral like, damage here. Yeah. Right. She just, she just snapped, but she just got another person hurt. This family is like terrified. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's Goku like how, turning into an ape and then still beating the bad guy, but in the same breath, he's destroying buildings and shit. Yeah. And like, but at a certain point, she's like kind of, she's giving into the control of that for the yeah. power to take out Daki right now, because I mean, Tanjiro's within an inch of his life. Yeah. As always. So thankfully Tanjiro is there to stop her. He throws the sheath of his sword over her mouth to try to restrain her. Uh, Nezuko is massive right now. Like she literally looks like she should be in the WNBA. She's like seven foot tall. Like, and Tanjiro looks tiny trying to like hold her down. Uh, is it's all he's got in him to try to control her here. And uh, Daki stands up. She's pissed. And she's uh, very, her, she's very pissed because yes, Nesco uh, I wrote here big mad. Yeah, well, Nesco burned her superficially, which that's not going to sit well with her. Yeah, good point. She stands up and she looks like Christopher Nolan's Two Face Harvey Dent. Like her mm -hmm. eyes are like bugging because the skin around it has like burned off. And she slowly walks towards Tanjiro and Nezuko, 
super mad, ready to end them. Yeah, because she can regenerate. It's just it's going to be she's going to be ugly for like two days. So it's yeah. just infer- infuriating. Mm. Suddenly, Tengen appears. He sees Nezuko and he suggests that Tanjiro sing her a lullaby to help her relax and get her under control. Something and, unfl- something unflashy, like a lullaby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doki tries to get his attention and uh, Tengen dismisses her as because she's so weak. And then we realize that when he entered the frame, he already decapitated her. Her head falls down and she's now holding her severed head in her lap. She didn't even notice. As the viewer, she's, we don't even notice. Well, you can see... You just get like they, a whoosh. Yeah. You see the whoosh, and then he starts having a conversation. And so that's when you're waiting. Usually, like, five seconds later or so, they slice in half. Thir- about 30 seconds later, they have her just stand there completely unaware that he's just, like, cleaned her off. And he's so bad that he's not even reacting to it. It's like, oh, yeah, like, you did that the same way. You just, like, brush your shoulder off, like... Well, I just decapitated this demon as I entered the room. It's not even worth addressing because she's not on my level at all. That's the thing. Like, they're kind of dicks. Like, he could have just killed her there, but he's like, man, you're just like, I'm just going to like not do that and like yeah. talk shit to you for a little bit and tell you how much you suck. Like, they're kind of, Demon Slayers are kind of assholes. I guess that's part of like the reward. He's flashy, man. I guess that's the reward of overcoming something that's trying to kill you. You just get to talk a bunch of shit to it. Yeah, so. he can't regenerate his limbs, so he can't talk that shit. Unless you're Tanjiro, but no, that was that. What an entrance! Right. So Tanjiro uh, tries to get Nezuko to relax by singing a lullaby, and he says, "Hush, hush, baby rabbit, up there in the hill. Why are your ears so very long? When I was a small, when I was small, mother ate all the leaves of a tall tree, and that's why my ears are so long." Is that a real a real lullaby, or did they just make that up for the show? Uh, probably. I uh, I thought about trying to write a joke in there, but I just I thought it was funny that Tangan's like referring to Nesco Nesco State as flashiness. He's like, like Tondro, you like there. You didn't tell me that she was going to be flashy. Like we didn't talk about that. She wasn't supposed to get flashy. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he's referring to. <laughs> I just love that that's the word he uses. Like, she wasn't supposed to get flashy, i.e. kill people, and then you have to kill yourself, and then so-and-so has killed themselves, and they have to kill themselves. Like, he's just calling it flashiness. You know, some people see the world in black and white. Tengen's like, that's ridiculous. It's just flashy and not flashy. You should have seen it in color. That's his song. <laughs> uh, Nezuko, when she hears the, the lullaby, she uh, hears and sees her mother here. And uh, she imagines walking with her mother as they're holding hands. And she says, I think I get what happened now. So the reason brother's eyes are red is because you ate red berries when he was inside <laughs> your tummy. I love that. That was one of my favorite. And I just love mom just nodding like, "Uh, yeah, it's not because your brother's a psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ate red berries. You're just like going with it. I wonder the red eyes is going to become a thing, though. Right. But it's like it's obviously it's like a little kid. Like she came to her own conclusion and then mom's just like walking her along with it. But it's like that is not why he has red. He has red eyes because he's a psycho. (laughs) And mom knows that. But she's like, yeah, he ate red red berries. That's that's why Nesco. No, great flashback scenes. And then and poor Docky. I mean, Tangan's just talking shit to her for several minutes. And the sad, the I guess. 
I mean, it's kind of the cruel irony, I guess. You know, she dies holding her own scarred, ugly face. Well, I mean, she doesn't even die. She's just holding her severed head right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, get, I guess she's not. I guess she's not dead, but she's like dying in this moment, or feels yeah. like it. It looks like it looks like it at she's, this point. Yeah, she's lost. Yeah, at any at any rate, she's lost at this point. And just like um, holding like a her own little Hamlet, like, but it's like, <laughs> but it's not, but it's ugly and it's marred and it's like holding up a mirror to yourself. Yeah, there's a, a lot of symbolism there. Like you know, you everything that you value in yourself was all like a facade and there, there was no actual substance of that. Like if Tanjiro's face got burned, he's still Tanjiro. But like, if you think if the only thing that matters to you is how you look and your appearance, when that's gone, what are you? I also love that. Like Tengen's not going to be like a simp for Doki. He's just going to talk shit and be like, you're not, you ain't even that, like you're mid, you ain't even that fine. She like, is, yeah. Cause I, she's middle of them all. Cause Tengen's like, first of all, you need, you all need to worship me. Above mm-hmm. all else, uh, we we skipped over that, <laughs> where he said that he was like, "Look, you all need to worship me. That's the first thing you need to do." His wives call him Lord Tangan. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, I think he calls himself Lord Tangan. And then I love it. And then Inosuke, like we talked about, Inosuke, like, "Well, I'm the Mountain Lord now." But yeah. it's in the it's in the purest. It's like with it's like flashiness with no ego. It's pretty yeah. remarkable. Yeah. Well, he's he's emulating someone who he thinks is really cool. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fear fierce... can't change. He's still himself, you know. Right. The the scary demony version of Nezuko now starts crying uncontrollably, and suddenly her features soften again, and she shrinks back out, shrinks back down to the lovable Nezuko that we know, and uh, now she's she's fun size and she's you know box size, and uh, she lays back down and falls asleep, and we cut back to Daki who is yelling at Tengen despite her severed head. And uh, we, we notice that she's not disintegrating despite the fact that her head is now separated from her shoulders. And she says, help me, brother, which I found an interesting shift of her character here. Once things aren't going her way, once she's not in control of the situation, now she's the victim. And uh, uh, a figure appears from the shadows and uh, Tengen is on it. He's quick to, to try to you know, stop this. He goes to cut the head of whatever it is and he is missed. It is Daki's brother, Giataru, Giataro, and Ooh. Tengen tries to cut his head off again, and he misses. And this time, he actually takes some damage himself in the process, and he has like blood running down the side of his face. Yeah, he's in trouble now. Tengen, Tengen went from being on top of the world to now he's got to fight. Um, yeah, yeah. The so this was cool because I'd kind of forgotten about her brother, and that was something they teased at the very beginning when they showed her character. They showed her talking to to something and that was that was her brother that is um kind of it i mean the the instant comparison i made was the is the older Tagoro brother and you haku show that's like yeah. except he's uh, not jacked he's like all skinny and like right but like his brother you like once you yeah, got back brother is there to make it all better but you realize that like even as bad as like his terminator brother is yeah. that he actually has a little bit of sensibility deep down and the older brother does not. Yeah. And this guy kind of reminded me of like, if uh, he's like a creepy demon Zenitsu merging with like, if he like a creepy demon, like ate Nezco and like st- yeah. stuck to her forever. And then, cause I mean, when he meets Tengen, 
gets like like because this guy's like some old creepy fashion designer looking dude like talking about other how other people look and stuff like that even though he's like you can see that that's like a lot of like you see where Docky gets a lot of like seeing things like objectified you can tell that her brother like objectifies her and everything yeah. else and is of course when then he meets a human that's actually a baller and has got three wives he gets like jealous he's like no don't no way yeah you know i love that it's like i, just, zenny, I enjoy that if zenny if zenny was a demon yeah um so this demon has some really cool like sickles they're like sickles but they're also like boomerangs and they mean business when he flings them around uh and nosuke and zenitsu finally arrive at the scene uh just as things are actually ratcheting up uh when tingan tells the demon that he has three wives he freaks the fuck it's out. ratchet it's yeah. ratchet um he does this cool blood demon art with his flying sickles and the blood splashes um they cause insane damage when like they it's like it separates like actual like liquid but it'll also like fuck you up if it touches you and uh he can bend to control them mid-flight so it's gonna it's, be interesting yeah tingan's in for it Tengen's yeah. in for a good fight here. And they've got us kind of on edge after what happened to Rengoku. So oh, yeah. it's a, it's oh, a little yeah. like, oh man, come on, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not ready to I'm not ready to lose Tengen. Uh Tengen thinks to himself that he has to decapitate Giotaro uh if he's gonna kill both the demons. And I kind of got that impression too. Like, okay, well, if, if sister doesn't die when you cut her head off, it's probably a situation where you're gonna have to get rid of lop his head off two for one type deal. Um the blood causes an explosion from this demon and uh, the buildings fall when the dust settles. Tengen looks around and he sees both the demons are together again. And uh, he says, the thing about us, we fight together. Two is better than one, you know, and that is where the episode ends. We have the same MVP. So you can go ahead. Tell me, tell me why Nezuko is the MVP of this episode. Um, so when I'm first watching the episode, I mean, it's Tengen's scene. It's like, oh, is he going to be the MVP of this episode? That's that's amazing. And while I did give Tanjiro the MVP for for his um, ascension in a way, for me, Nesco's the MVP of this episode because of, um, well, <laughs> sort of a gun to the head of the plot. If she fa- If she fails this episode, the show's over. So she has to succeed. She has to overcome... Um, so in some ways you could say that maybe from a care from a from a plot standpoint, Nesco's the MVP. Maybe from uh, some like a visual standpoint, maybe it's Tengen. But no, overall I I still roll with Nesco on this because I mean she she had to show great strength to yeah. um save her brother and then hold her own with Dakai and then um what it took, like where Tanjiro's pushing himself beyond his limits, she pushes, which she pushed herself beyond her limits, which results in Tanjiro is losing his humanity in a way, but she's losing her humanity already. So when she does that psychologically, it can, it, it, cre- it can create a very dangerous monster. And then to kind of, to be able to walk that back down and, and do the right thing is, I mean, it's, it's really, it's, that's it's all e- equally impressive feat of strength. Yeah, exactly. It's like what Tengen did was 
what Tengen did was incredible, but as you know, as we're learning, it's like it's it's very this very much an anime fight. You know, Tanjiro took out Dakai in one form. Dakai's next form is Nesco's level, and now the next level where the brother just completely takes over is going to be for Tengen. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Nezuko that I find really cool in this episode is it just goes to show more of the more we learn about her and the more she develops as a character, the more questions we get as a result of that. Well, did you know the Taisho era secret for this episode is Ooh. that um, uh, Tanjiro loves his sister? I had heard that, actually. <laughs> That's the Taisho era secret, and she's apparently the best. And she's like the great. And that butterfly girl, I, d- I haven't even thought about her. I'm just really love <laughs> how great Nesco is. <laughs> I mean, I think it's adorable, but little kids have seen the Game of Thrones pilot too. Just like cool it. It's it's a lot. Um, we've made many jokes. And the about- big boobs was really unnecessary. I'm not saying that you got to be like China and censor everything, but I might enjoy the Chinese version better because sometimes it gets fucking distracting. It's it was an odd artistic decision. I want you read the manga. Is did, did her her boobs get big in the manga too? The, they do because she's a demon. Okay. Demons demons carry tits. It's just facts, B. I know, yeah, but it's like they're a demon, so it's like are you can stacked? make them. Yeah. Like uh de- do dudes that are demons get big dongs. I mean, what's the point if if you don't? Right. Otherwise, like, why would you even? And you know, honestly, that he probably could have got Rengoku to agree. He's like, "You can live forever. Meh. You'll get stronger. Meh. Thirteen inches soft. Deal. I can go for that." <laughs> well, that is uh, all for today. Do you have any final thoughts? Anything you needed to air out? Airing of grievances before we wrap it up. Um, Tengen has a lot of thoughts. Hmm. Could you imagine if uh, he wasn't in the Taishao era and he was in the, I think I any know, era, inst- inst- Instagram. Uh, I think every, I think every era, like you're just everybody's getting slayed. Yeah. Oh, he's he's slaying. He's like, I mean, guys too. If you want, they're, they're gonna swipe right when they see him. Like he'll probably fuck a guy. You got to be bottom, but he'd be like, yeah, yeah obviously, yeah. yeah, it's whatever. Are and you he, fabulous? And, and he'll be like, and you're the gay one. Yeah, flashy. I'm jealous of you because you have a favorite Hashira, and it's Shinobu. And like, while she's the not weak, my favorite, the weakest, the weakest one. <laughs> yeah, but she's interesting, and I think that's cool that you have a favorite. Me, he's, I I like so many of them, and like, I, you know, if part of it is I don't know all of them, like Stone Hashira. I'm curious what you know. I'd like to see his personality on display. Uh, the Mist Hashira seems interesting. Um, I love Rengoku. You know. I love Tengen. But like, I, you know, I feel like a simp because I'm like, dude, I love Rengoku. And then I'm like, dude, I love Tengen. First season, I could have been like, dude, Giyu's my guy. And then I'm like, dude, Rengoku's my guy. And now I'm like, well, Tengen's my guy. Well, that's what's awesome about Giyu is I bet you so many people were like, oh, that's my guy. Oh, yeah? Well, he's gone. And, and that's, that's and he's a gonna, testament. He's, he's not going to come back very often because that, that's a he's awesome. To, to how well they've made characters in, the, in this show. Uh, yeah, Giyu doesn't, have to, Giyu doesn't have to be around. He doesn't yeah. have to be around. Because yeah, he's still you, the shit. Yeah. When you, if you give a character good entrance, you give him a good reason, you don't, have to, you don't have to give, you don't have to reveal every mystery about him. As a matter of fact, you're better off not doing that. Yeah. And just, you know, having Giyu show up and 
be, you know, they're they're like parental figures, big brothers, big sisters. It's like yeah. it's like the boy. It's the Boys and Girls Club here and their sponsors. Yeah. Well, I think about a show like uh, and a show. It's uh, what I like My Hero Academia. There is a huge yeah. cast on that show. But yeah. most people, you know, they're you know, there's like four or five characters that they're probably are their favorite. This one, man, you could be any character on the show there are so many that people would gravitate towards they did a really good job of giving like a not just like quantity but quality to go with it it's where yeah you got to describe them but not too deep you don't want to describe them too deep and make them so specific that people can't you want to make them vague enough that people can can kind of project a little bit and draw connections well and some some of the ones on my hero academia it's like oh this girl has a headphone jack this girl she's invisible this one, she's a frog. Like, yeah. all right, you know, it's whatever. like it's like Pokemon after yeah, a while. But like, yeah, but like Shinobu is like interesting. Like her sword is dainty, but she poisons you with it and stuff like that. Like, there's something to that. I think they did a really good job of of like I said, giving you quantity with quality, and that's not something you get, especially not to shit on it, but especially in like the shonen type of anime where usually it's like a front runner thing. Like, you know, the main one or two guys are going to be awesome. And then after that, it gets a little weird. I wonder what happens if I just Google Tanjiro loves his sister. It would say Taisho era secret number 71. I'm going to Tanjiro loves his sister. Uh, Google images. You know, surprisingly, nothing to nothing. Everything here is tame. That's good. Tanjiro loves his sister. Now, that's not tame. You know, some people have. <laughs> there he is, just loving the shit out of his sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's when he's trying to get the bamboo around her there. Yeah, because she's got the. He's trying to. He loved her all over the place there. Yeah, that's a lot of love there. <laughs> that's a. Oh, there's Nesco's horn. Oh, man. People are. People are wild, man. We're creating a lot of podcasts. Um, we probably ought to do something special when we finally get to 100. I think we're we're around 40 episodes ourselves, maybe 30 or something like that. But when yeah. we get to 100, we're going to have to do a big extravaganza. I wrote catchphrases for our a potential D&D party in my head. Okay. And so your, your character, he, he wouldn't have like, like you've talked about, he wouldn't have any uh, special abilities, but he would have a really fast gun. So his catchphrase would be, I'm just quick on the draw. Mm, I like that. And my character's like a Spike Spiegel. And his his Spike, Spike Smeagol. And, <laughs> and the second catchphrase would be, uh, Mike's probably going to hear about this. <laughs> and then my catchphrase would be, I will remember this. And Mike's will be, oh, Mary, let's forget about this. James's would be big boy. And Zach, Zach's would be hail Jesus, blood of the lamb and son of God. And your brothers would be. So I beat you all in basketball. And then you show me what kind of inventory you got here. Been trying to unload this original Sir Galahad hilt for an autographed Lancelot hilt. But he's a fucking dick and an overrated knight that won't sign anything in person. Classic Lancelot. Yeah. I'm here for it. What I love about D&D, among many things, is that 
you can do specific characters and you can create like a personalized setting and stuff like that. Like when people think of Dungeons and Dragons, they think about like medieval setting, but it could be literally anything. Like that's just like the generic template. I had the idea. I think this would be an amazing episode or amazing campaign to do a DC Comics theme Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And now hear me out. Listen to this. Oh, listen, to, listen to this gist, okay? Okay. Then you got to hear my Kentucky basketball DD afterwards, bro. <laughs> All right. Okay. So the the Justice League, for whatever reason, they're off-site, whether they have been captured or they've been sucked into a different dimension, or they're on vacation, whatever kind of, what, the, the Dungeon Master, whatever they want to come up N- with. NIL the deals. League, they're away. Polluting. They're gone. They're gone. And a new up-and-coming crop has to try to protect the world or the universe in their leave. And you create your own characters, and they're superheroes, but they're unknown up and coming. It's like a, like a My Hero Academia thing. It's like they want to become superheroes and you, you would work your way up the ranks of like smaller villains. Like, okay, you have the Riddler first. And then before too long, like you have to face Lex Luthor. And then by the end of it, you're facing Darkseid as like the, the final dragon boss you would have to face. Tell me that's not amazing. You just... I mean, it is. You just what? As long as you maybe like, there's like a room for like a character that doesn't care about getting super strong, but wants his like comedy material to be really refined. <laughs> right, right. Be like a uh, Donatello and Michelangelo. You got to have uh, the one, the one superhero that his power is just singing. Exactly. We're coming up on Fourth of July. Are you uh, all stocked up on your fireworks? Yeah, yeah. I got uh I got 10 firecrackers, one for each finger. Fireworks it is are fireworks a big thing in the whole world or is it an American thing? It feels like an American thing. Well, it started in China like a thousand years ago. Yeah. Um matter of fact, I think there are still there are still some families making fireworks that have been doing it for a hundred hundreds of years. Hmm. It's it's pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Now, are you, are you a yeah, fan of, of the fireworks? Absolutely not. No, I've never been a fan. I feel pretty un-American because I'm relatively uninspired by fireworks. I mean, they're fine. Yeah. But Remember like, when well, I'm not that's spending not a bad, money on them. Yeah, it's not a bad thing anymore. Sorry, Lee Greenwood. Yeah. Um, when I think about the people that are really into fireworks, I always think about like Joe Dirt. Yeah, I mean, that's be the one thing he and Kid Rock would get along about would be fireworks probably in that movie. Yeah. It's, I love how I just think I just say it's Kid Rock. I don't even remember his character. I'm like, oh, and then Kid Rock shows up and starts shitting on Joe. <laughs> like that's just how it works in my head. And then Carmen from It's Always Sunny is the girlfriend, which is glorious. It's great. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Kid Rock didn't have to do a ton of acting. It's like, hey man, just do what feels natural. Yeah. Yeah. But I I find it odd. Like if you're a first of all, fireworks are expensive. And yeah. you're you're spending big money on something. You're just gonna like have it go up in the sky, boom, and it's gone. It's literally burning money. But ben loves them. Does he? Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people do. It doesn't do much for me. And and what little it does for me, I could just sit on my porch and watch everybody else shoot theirs, and I get the exact same enjoyment. And I don't have to worry about getting my fingers blown off. Well, I like when your friends bring horrible fireworks, like, and they're like cheap and they're just loud. See, when we grew up it was illegal in Kentucky to have the good fireworks. You'd have to buy them out of state and then worry about like a 
local cops showing up like, hey, are you shooting illegal fireworks? I think now the big ones are actually legal here in the state. But, yeah, when we were kids, you would buy them at Walmart, and they would be sparklers, and they would shoot like three feet off of the air, and then you'd be like, wow, this is the dumbest shit I've ever wasted money on. But they would always look cool in the packaging. It'd be like like have like a, a ninja with a jet pack on, and he's shooting a laser gun. Like, oh, yeah. this is going to be sick. I don't know how all that got banned. It was probably some, uh, it was probably someone like me that just hated fireworks. No, I think it was a, a politician that hated freedom. Same, I, you know, roll, I think roll about, five. <laughs> I think about uh, people that sell fireworks, and it doesn't seem like an industry that you're getting a constant like flow of business. So you got to make your money in two months to pay for the entire year like right or, or are they selling weed yeah. in the meantime i don't get it. i don't know i think you start selling halloween costumes after that maybe that's it spirit halloween and then yeah and christmas and all year round i i got a flyer in the mail actually hannah and i both did which is how much they're trying to push the shit like the exact same flyer in the exact same mailbox one was addressed to me one was addressed to my wife and it was like oh we're having a big sale no you're fucking not you sell fireworks four weeks out of the year you're not having a sale right now because that would be the stupidest time to have a sale you're saying you're having a sale because you want people to come but there's no way you're having a sale right now this is the only time you ever make money yeah they're always going out of business yeah it's unbelievable i do like the idea that you could go to a guy that sells fireworks and be like hey how much for that one three hundred dollars hey how much to have somebody killed and you get the fireworks for free hey i'm gonna have to check with your mom and see I've been watching every Nicolas Cage movie and I've, I'm chugging along and I found one that I cannot find on any streaming service at all. Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Prime, YouTube, nowhere. I can't even buy the DVD on Amazon. It's called The Boy in Blue and it's from like 1986. I don't know anything about it other than it's a Nicolas Cage movie. So I'm going to have to check with your mom and see if it's in the library. They have one called Bad Boy in Blue Jeans, and it looks like a, a <laughs> you know great what? Good enough. Grant, Get it. <laughs> it definitely is like a Grant McDonald cover. Got your Wrangler blue jeans on deep inside you, ramming you deep, deep, deep. Yeah, Sean. So you say Ben is into the fireworks. Yeah. Now, does that mean that he's more American than us? I mean, ser- serves the country, definitely. I mean, we serve the country, too, in our own ways. You literally serve your country. And I serve in the most critical way you can. We're not going to get into the specifics, but, you know, we're doing God's work. Yeah, we might do God's work, but Ben arranges the meeting. (laughs) If fireworks were the way that they appear in, like, cartoons and stuff, like, if they could erupt into, like, full-on pictures or words, okay. But if you've seen one firework, you've seen them all. <laughs> We're going to draw a hard line in the sand here. The real folk dudes don't like fireworks, and we specifically don't like people that like fireworks. Oh, they're worse than the fireworks for yeah. liking the fireworks. Yeah. Fireworks didn't do anything. They're just shitty. It's the people that are pushing them mm-hmm. that are worse. The best part about this is that Ben's not here to defend himself or his stance. So... <laughs> oh, I'm Ben. Oh, right? Oh, I'm Ben. That's Ben. Oh, don't get me started. That was that was me doing an impression, by the way. 
Oh, I thought I thought you had a recording of Ben. That sounded just like it. That was spot on. Yeah, I wasn't trying to play you there. I just wanted to wanted you wow. to see the. Yeah, it's crazy. You have real talent. Are you, you're not just saying that, are you? Uh, look, you got to know. I'm not just some guy. You're good. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I was just like my my throat was really sore. I just I, I didn't. I just but, but for a second, yeah, I was like I was like <laughs> above. I was like ab- I was mm-hmm. watching myself. I was watching Ben be mm-hmm. be here on the pod. So, have you noticed that mustaches are in a full comeback right now? No, not to me. I'm not, not saying my, not not out here in LA. Well, LA. that's because all the fashion trends start in Lawrenceburg. But I I think it's your boy um, in maverick making this this uh mustache revival this renaissance of the facial hair uh the kid i was telling you about uh goose's kid miles teller mm-hmm. i think he's making where every guy thinks they can rock that and look good the problem is they don't they look like um a lot of the guys that like the um old looking guys that played basketball for kentucky in like the 70s yeah you're just like you just me to yourself now it's like yeah. harry carry yeah Here's the thing. Like, if you're super attractive, you can grow a mustache and it probably looks fine. But, like, if you, you're not super attractive, then it's just going to play up the pedo look. I know. But it uh, is interesting because for a while, mustaches were a joke. And I think a lot of people are unironically rocking them now. And I'm for it. Like, do it. But it's it's a bold look. Yeah, do it. It doesn't look. It, it probably doesn't look good. Um, like, if you have Steve, like, Steve Harvey's mustache is, like, ridiculous but it's like one of a kind. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's like, so ridiculous he like, became iconic. He's like Hitler level. Well, and that's what I was going to say. You know, like Hitler wore a mustache that was so specific that literally like he ruined that look for everyone. Michael Nobody Jordan tried it. it. Michael Jordan tried me too? it. Yeah, yeah. MJ, <laughs> tried it. MJ's like, you know what? I'm big enough. I can go for this. And he did it. And it wasn't terrible. But it is Cause crazy. Because he's, he's a handsome guy. Like he gets away with it slightly. Yeah. Yeah. But not well, and he's such a star that it's like he can do it and not, you know, like I'm Michael Jordan. You know who I am. Right. You if but I you, did it, but we yeah, know especially with my bald head, bald head and a Hitler mustache, people exactly. Like, mm. We know who you are, Michael. We also know who your facial hair is. Too. <laughs> yeah. There are gonna be so many kids named Maverick in the next like 10 years because of that. One kid named Iceman. That's actually sick. <laughs> <laughs> we're both team Iceman, right oh yeah always yeah he's he's the coolest i loved in i loved in that movie when he does the little bite at at maverick he's like classic yeah <laughs> we both kind of stand val kilmer tombstone yeah. batman yeah he's he's a beast yeah i hope he hope his health gets better he's been having he's been sick the last few years yeah, it's sad. When you see him in the new movie, it's it's kind of a somber thing. You're like, hmm. Because, you, yeah. I mean, like you used to seeing him in his prime. Like, you know, he's Batman. He's a beast. But not a beast right now. And Tom Cruise looks good, but it's got to, like, he's done it long enough that it's not, it doesn't, it, it's creepy now. Yes. I think that. Like, it was like 80s, 90s, like, get it, dude. But now you're, you're you're like trying to continue to look like that and it's it's getting it's creepy it's weird 
if there ever was a celebrity that I thought was feasting on the blood of children to stay young forever, it would be Tom Cruise. You know, some celebrity like um, uh, Michael Scott from The Office, what's his name? Um, Evan Almighty, Steve, Steve, Steve Carell. He aged gracefully and got a lot of guys do that. He'd be uh, a good Mike. He'd be a good Mike Pence. <laughs> yeah, he would. But like he, he aged gracefully and like he looks good, like old. Tom Cruise is doing that thing where he's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to age. Like, what? Like, that's not, it was so That doesn't work for me. Yeah, the the love interest from the first movie. He's like looking he, up to God. He's like, yeah. that doesn't work mm, for me. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I don't Mo- know, man. Moose Something is suspect. Yeah, he's Muzon. And I think we've talked about it before. I'm like, he's fine. I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a Tom Cruise fan. He's whatever to me. I, I think he's good, but he's never, when I think of like my favorites, he never pops in my head. Yeah. Well, if you're an action star, it's kind of like its own thing. Like it's, that's cool. But like, as far as even like my action stars go, like I, I like Keanu better just cause he's just like my dude. Maybe it's cause I like Constantine and the matrix better. I don't know. So did you see that we may have low key found the cure for cancer? Is it like money? <laughs> that's the South park premise. Um, <laughs> Michael, um, or Magic Johnson was like, hey, I figured it out. I just sleep on this pile of money and all the cancer cells go away. But no, they did like a um, some kind of a test or study or whatever. And like 10 out of 10 people that had, I think it was like rectal cancer. And I'm not kidding you. Like they did some treatment and it all went away. And I know it's still early, but like that would be, with the way things are going, would it surprise you if like, in the next year or two, they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, in spite of all this, like, we just randomly found the cure for cancer. Or just anal cancer. Specifically, just anal cancer, yeah. It's it's God apologizing for AIDS. It all comes full circle. <laughs> it's like in the New it. Testament, it's like God's promise. <laughs> uh, Rectum rainbow. No, I mean, that's great. It's promising. It's probably the most promising thing we've we've had in that particular field that they since. told us about. And maybe, I mean, I won't dispute the fact that there's clearly big business. There's big money being made for treating cancer over curing it if there was a, a cure. Yeah, it's not like the guy. I think I don't know if it was like the smallpox vaccine guy that like didn't take the patent. Which would have made him a billionaire, but yeah. it, it, it made it more accessible to people. If someone did that now, they'd be like, that's really noble of you. Now you're going to get blackballed and right. get the fuck out because we're well, going to get paid. <laughs> I think it was like Ralph Nader. And I know this is ridiculous, but I think he invented the seatbelt or some shit. And uh, they were like, He's, oh, you, you was, should patent that. And he was like, "It was no, every car needs that. Exa- yeah, it was his legislation that yeah. got the seatbelts in cars. Yeah. It was around like the year we were born, I think. No, he was. Don't you wish that more people were like that? Like, hey, I had a great idea, and rather than be a selfish prick that's only concerned with money, I want to actually try to like help. We don't. We don't deserve. Yeah, we don't deserve like a Ralph Nader (laughs) because we have too many people that go. That guy's weird. Yeah. Can he? I bet he. He can't throw a football. No. (laughs) And then we like just get our ass beat by China forever. I remember hearing that a lot of people believe that Bill Clinton won the presidency because of a video clip they had of him right before coming in into or out of a break where he was throwing football. And like, they say that's largely what won him the election. They're like, wow, he's one of us. Yeah. Stupid. (laughs) Love it. So dumb.
It's like, oh, he's got 180 IQ and he's an idiot like me. I like him. Like, okay. Everybody says like, oh, America's a big business. And in a way, in a way it is. But let's say that's the case. The last few presidents we've had, would you want them to be the CEO of your company? I would not. I'll put it this way. I believe they're probably much more sharp, put together, respectable people that could do a job like that of whatever company you want to be run. None of the politicians know how to do anything except talk. And so then when words fail, they don't know how to do anything. They can't do anything. Well, and I think modern politics attracts a certain type of person and it um, scares a certain type of person that might actually be effective away. Cause it's like, why would I do that? Why would I subject myself to that and play that game and get my name run through the mud and have my family exploited just so I could have a job where everyone just is going to hate me no matter what anyways. Yeah. It was Socrates or someone that talked about like reluctance and leadership. Like the person that's most eager to lead is the person that should not be in charge. Yeah. No cap. He was busting for real. Mm-hmm. Dead ass. Not, not mid. No, he was not mid. Copernicus fucking mid. Oh, well, it seems like as good a time as any to wrap things up. So thanks for listening to the Real Folk Dudes podcast. Be sure to be on the lookout for our next episode as we chug along and keep breaking down the rest of the entertainment district arc. Real Folk Dudes, signing off.